0: Damn Sports Podcast. Uh, We're here with episode 18. Uh, Lots happened since 17 when a Perry Orth interview. Um, Quick reminder before we get right back into it, just just a reminder, you can catch us on all all previous episodes on all streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on all social media at Damn Sports Podcast um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. And now, we are on YouTube as well. That damn sports podcast on YouTube. We've, we've really pushed the sub count behind the scenes. We're really high up. Um, so, yeah, we're about to get YouTube and go too. So, go check us out if you want to watch the podcast and watch our beautiful faces through Zoom. Um, so, lots happened since our last episode. Probably one of the – probably, honestly, the biggest storyline is March Madness, but more specifically, St. Peter's. Um, now we know that the Cinderella, Cinderella run came to an end. Um, they got kind of manhandled against UNC, but you know, there's something to be said. Kinda. Well, we're not gonna. They did get manhandled, but you know, they shouldn't have been there in the first place. And if I and I know, obviously, being, we're all we've all three played sports. We all three are, are competitive people. You don't ever want to lose that game. And I'm sure that they were just as mad to lose that game. They weren't taking any moral victories. But like someone said, I, it was a commentator said yesterday they're going to get to take this memory with them for the rest of their lives. I mean, this is going to be something they're going to talk about to their kids, their grandkids. It was something that was so cool to watch. I mean, I remember seeing them walk out their, their travel gear. They didn't even have their logos on it. They couldn't afford logos. You know, they, it, it's just such a small, small school. And they are the low, I, honestly, I don't know if y'all know this. They're the lowest funded basketball program in their entire conference and their conference. Is not a, yeah. And their conference is not a big conference. It was cool to see. They should have their heads heads held high. They beat some massive names. They beat a blue blood in Kentucky. They ended yeah. the state's twenty one game win streak, and then they beat Purdue. And Purdue was much bigger than them size wise. I think there was a one point game. St. Peter's was had their tallest guy was six seven. So St. Peter's, hats off to them. I'm interested to get y'all's thoughts on it. It was just one of those things. It was so cool to see in such a storyline, which um, is awesome all around.
1: Yeah, I think it's really it's really fun to watch when stuff like that happens, and it's always something. But they, I think they set history or they set the record for the furthest 15 seed, right? I mean, no other 15 yeah. seeds ever made the Elite Eight. So obviously, like you said, they're going to remember that for the rest of their life. With that being said, I I was in I not to not to kind of transfer this into the well, you know, I'll save this I'll save this for the Final Four talk as we'll get there. But hats off hats off to St. Peter's, obviously.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off you guys. I mean, it's it's a, it's an amazing story, and that's what that's what March Madness is about: is to see. It's a, there's always one team that's going to make a historic run or make a run that no one thought was possible, and they did that. And it's good publicity for the school now. I mean, it's it's an awesome story all around. But they shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have went as far as they did. We're back to the final four, the four main teams. You know, everyone thought Gonzaga and Arizona was going to be there. So now now we're here to watch. The big teams play basketball, and that's what I'm most excited about. I love the Cinderella stories and everything, but we knew how this was going to end. Right.
0: Before, before we transfer to the Final Four, there's some things things I want to I also say. I don't think we – Mikey, I don't think we can, it's fair to say we knew or, or we knew St. Peter's this was going to happen.
2: I didn't say it was going to be St. Peter's. I just knew there was going to be a small school or a school that we did not think would make it this far. There's always one team that's going to make it this far, and well, it's, it's so happened to be St. Peter's this year.
0: What I mean was we can't say we all knew it was going to be UNC or that St. Peter's wasn't going to make it. By the time St. Peter's made the Elite Eight, I don't know if you all actually watched them play. I watched all their games, all three of them. They were not playing like a typical Cinderella that's just hitting crazy fluke shots and and, and finding well, – no, wait, think... wait a second. Wait a second. You you always see the Cinderellas and you see some of them, like the UNBC's against Virginia. They were just hitting everything that one night. And then the next game they they, they, they got manhandled again. This team, it, you watched them, and it was – they didn't play like a Cinderella. I mean, my dad said it the other day. They were playing like they were one of those teams. They did not seem scared. They they, they were not nervous. There was no nerves about it. You watch them in warm-ups, and they were just playing like this was a normal game to them. They p- were playing like one of those teams. So, maybe Sweet 16, you're like, okay, no way they make it. But once they beat Purdue, UNC was an eight seed. People forget that. UNC was an eight seed. Did. I I was sitting there thinking, you know, I think St. Peter's could do it. Well, do no, I think they necessarily will. I think I thought I was thinking about sixty forty going in. Um, so I yeah. don't think Mikey was saying
1: we knew it was going to happen against UNC, but I think you're saying it was a matter of time before it happened. Yeah. Now, like to your point, they were playing very well. They were. I think the reason they played so well is because their scrappiness. I think, and, and just the way they were moving the ball. I mean, they played. They played. The most beautiful basketball you could, and that's what I had to do. But if you watch that UNC game, it was, it was like it was like whenever we went to PC camp and we were in eighth grade and we were playing his JV team. Like they couldn't get the ball up the court at all in the first half. They were they were turning the ball over. They were getting, UNC was getting easy dunks. And once they had that momentum, it was game over. They were hitting every shot, and then they had their bench in towards the end of the game. I mean, I just, it was it was ugly sight. And they were up by twenty like at the end of the first half. Yeah, and, and It would have been that, worse than that had they kept their starters.
0: In that game, yes, you're right. And, and it did look like you maybe would think for a first-run team. But we can't discredit anything they did to get up to this point. To beat No, Kentucky, absolutely not. To beat Kentucky, to beat – when people – you hear Murray State, and you're like, well, it's Murray State. Well, they're on a 21-game win streak. And Murray State is no basketball joke whatsoever. And then you beat mm-hmm. Purdue. That's massive. And, you know, I just think it's such a cool story. The only thing that sucks – you know, because they're returning almost everybody. They're starting center, or I think it's a power forward. One of those two, he is a senior. But everybody else in that roster is a junior or, or sophomore. So they're returning their old guys. The problem is, and I, I can't confirm this, their coach is gone. Um, because of this run now, he's going to get a job. He's got a job offer at his, his alma mater, Seton Hall. Seton Hall <laughs> is, a, is a predominant basketball school in the D1 level. He's yeah. taking that job. I don't. He might have already taken it by the time this podcast releases. My dad was talking to me about it too. He's like, you know, it just sucks because like this team get a team like St. Peter's gets so much momentum and they do these runs, but it's almost like a curse. It's like you make this big run and then your yeah. coach is gone and then your coach is gone, and uh, it sucks for them. Well, it's like that with Without the- returning the- talent, yeah. without returning talent, you never. I'm not saying they're national championship contenders, but you made it the elite eight. You bring almost everybody back.
2: You, yeah, and- I see, I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I. I I mean, if I had to put money on it, I don't think – they might make the bracket, but I don't, I don't think they got it either the first or second round. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it was more as in they got hot and, hey, they were playing with the chip on their shoulder and they didn't let up. They didn't let up at all. They played with a huge chip on their shoulder. They got hot at the right time, and then they hit a brick wall against a way better team. Um, I don't think that happens again. It's very rarely we ever see that happen with a 15 seed. So I don't know. I mean, it's possible they could be back, but I I would not put my money on them uh, going back to the Elite Eight. No shot, no shot, anytime soon.
0: I mean, yeah, and you're probably right, but I it's just mean, the intangibles. They it, just don't have the it, skill
1: or the size. Yeah,
0: but they. I mean, it's hard to say that looking back on it right now. I mean, it's really hard to say because they went against probably a top three big man at, at Kentucky, and then they went against, and they're going to get a seven footer in Purdue. The way – both those teams, Kentucky Purdue oversized them, like, exponentially. And they were fine. So, it's kind of hard right, to say, Right, but – For one game.
2: That's, that's for one game, Austin. Right. I mean,
1: it's, like, it's like the Heat against Lakers.
2: Eventually, it,
1: size is going to take over.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one game. If they played a series, I think they win one game, and that was the game. That was the game they won. And if they play a series, three games, four games, seven games, they're not winning.
0: But – to, to my point, it's not the NBA. It's March, and all you need is to be – all you got to do is do it one game. But they didn't – You have it. to win six games. But it, they won – okay, but they do deserve to be there. They didn't just – they didn't just win one game. They beat Kentucky, Murray State, and Purdue. I mean, they obviously could play with anybody. I would – St. Peter's – No, they,
2: I mean, they can't play with anybody. That That's false. They caught heat at the right moment. It it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and say that this team can compete with anybody in this bracket because that is so unfair to say. And it's not
1: even like UNC – it's not even like UNC was a top-tier team necessarily. Yeah,
0: and that's a bad game. Okay, okay, that's a bad game. But they definitely can't compete. They didn't just beat one team. They beat – okay, Murray State – I think we're, we overshadow how big of a win that is. That's a massive No time. one said that they then, weren't a big win. I'm just win. saying, I just, that's just my, my intuition. That's what I just have when I said I think. But then Kentucky and Purdue, they obviously can. Are you telling me Kentucky and Purdue can't play with anybody in this bracket?
2: Well, like, Kentucky this year, I mean. Austin, we're not
1: saying we're, that. We're just yeah. saying that, see, no, we're just saying that they had a good run. They beat some good teams, but they're not that team. I didn't
0: yeah. say they were the best team in the bracket. I am saying we're, that. We're, were, not, we're, we're, team not team saying, we're not
2: saying that either. We're not saying that you're saying that. You are just really high on the fact that you can sit here and confidently say, maybe not confidently, but actually consider them being back in the bracket and win one to two games as a 15th seed just blows my mind. What blows my mind is you're not listening to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I – Hold up, David. Is that not what he just said? No. Austin. Did you Austin. Or yes, you said not
0: what that. I'm saying. What I am saying is that if we're talking right now in this bracket, at least they can compete with anybody in this bracket right now. They that is, 100% that is a
2: hundred percent false. That is a hundred
0: percent. So can Kentucky, 100%. can Kentucky compete with anybody in the bracket right now? Kentucky. Yes.
2: Can, define your definition of compete as in compete play them and them.
0: Play maybe so that
2: they're going to lose, but they competed and it was a close game. Or them. they can, or they can beat anybody in the bracket. They
0: can beat anybody in the bracket, Kentucky. They could. No. They could beat anybody in the bracket. No. Also, they won. Okay, three I
2: basketball. take that fact. Hold up, hold up. Before, before we get into. you okay, didn't
0: win any. But we're going to sit. By Kentucky. Time out, time out. Anybody
2: can beat. Okay, beat. Austin, time out, time out. Anybody can beat anybody in this bracket. That's why it's March Madness. But you're, you're like, sitting there your like it's more skill than momentum.
1: Your original statement was that they, you think they could make the Elite Eight next year. Yes. No,
0: uh-uh. None of yes. yes, yes. Yes, it was. I will go back. back. I will Run go, go back. back. Make this note right now. Make this note right now. I will go back. Watch this whole thing. And if I am wrong, I will, will go, I will eat my words on Instagram. I will make a video on Instagram. But I never once said they will make it back to the Elite Eight specifically next year. I said it's just you not unrealistic to think. They can make it back to the tournament and make a run. That's not unrealistic. Okay. I've never okay. once said
2: that they would make. Well, it to what does make a run then if, if they I'm don't wrong, make it to the elite eight?
0: If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, what do you guys? Oh no, no! I've already said what i do if I'm wrong. If I'm right, what do you? What do, what do you guys get out of it? Because you're so confident, I said they will make it to the elite eight, which I just no, 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 not no,
2: know. no, no. Ta- time out again, so what Austin. Austin I, you, Austin, you said you wouldn't be surprised if they make a run or to the elite eight. I wouldn't. Be if you, if you, a, a run to me is you got to at least make it to the elite eight to make a run. As a 15th seed? No, you don't. Winning winning one game is not a run. You won one game. All right,
1: all right, all right, all right, all right. We obviously know where we all stand on this. <laughs> I say we talk about something different.
2: Now we can argue about the Final Four because I feel like I'm going to be the only one to state who I think is going to win. But, but yeah. Austin, we'll, we'll let Austin put his part out there so we can attack him one more time and then me and David <laughs> will talk about who we think is going to win? Oh, I can uh, see it in your face, Austin.
0: If we're being honest, if we're being honest, <laughs> I'm going to say North
2: Carolina. Someone's a little upset over there. <laughs> no, I'm just,
0: I'm just being honest. I was sitting there actually thinking about it. I'm, I'm taking North Carolina. Like, I mean, they're just so dominant down low. They can spread the floor so well. They have shooters all around. Armando, Armando, Bacon. they can
1: spread them. They can spread them good and they can pound them down low. Dude, that's all
0: Armando, they <laughs> their big man. He's, I think, he's like tied the record for the double doubles in a season. I don't remember exactly that, but he just bullies people down low. He's unbelievable. He had like 12 rebounds at the half yesterday, um, against St. Peters. You know, he, he's a dominant big man. It's it's not that's not as important necessarily in the NBA, in my opinion, but. In college basketball, you have a dominant big man, and then you're able to shoot, you can spread the floor. I just think UNC, I think UNC now has a momentum. And I know it's kind of contradicting what I said about St. Peter's, but I do genuinely think UNC is going to win with the four teams left. I, that's just my opinion.
2: See, I do think UNC is a better team, but I'm going to pick Duke because of the story. Coach K, you know, he, he lost his last game to UNC. I don't
1: know how you, you can't necessarily say they're a better team, honestly.
2: Uh, but I also – I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. But, I mean, I think Coach K, with his final season, him retiring, I mean, he's he's one hell of a coach. I don't think he loses to UNC again. Um, and I think this Cinderella story – it's not a Cinderella story, but it's a, it's a final goodbye to Coach K. And I think it his, is final, a fairy goodbye, tale. his yeah. final goodbye is going to be him walking out with that championship trophy. Well,
1: and remember last time UNC and
2: Duke played, UNC
1: wasn't supposed to win, but they beat Duke at Duke. And it was his last home game ever. So yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of emotions on both sides here.
2: Exactly. And that's that's it's gonna play into it big time. I mean, obviously they're two great teams, but when you got that much emotion and that much motivation to send off your coach with the championship, it's gonna be a hard team to beat.
0: I just think I I get your reason, Mikey, because it's Coach Case last season and you know I, I get all that. But I just got to look at it from the sense of, you know, who do I think is the better team? I just think it's UNC. I, they, they're, their ability to dominate the paint and then also, like I said, spread the floor. They're, they're, great, they're a great three-point shooting team. I think it's UNC. Now, another thing we cannot forget is on the other side of the bracket, we have two very, very good teams, Villanova and Kansas. So,
1: this could really go – I think Nova teams. wins that for sure.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think Kansas is a very dominant team. They're, they're very similar. They're, they're great defending. They're, they're very long in the wings. But end of the day, I still am going to stick with my pick of UNC. Um, after watching him yesterday, and Armando, like I said, I think Baycott's the key as the center down low. Um, he's a dominant force rebounding the ball, and he's, he's a big man that can score the ball at, at will. You know, I think UNC, I get your point, though, Mikey, and being Coach K's season, I, I'm kind of pulling for Coach K, but I do
1: think it is UNC at the end of the day. And I think it's worth considering that, UNC has a first-year head coach who's never done this before. He was crying. He was crying at the end of that St. Peter's game last night because of all of the emotion, and that was against St. Peter's. Just the fact that Roy Williams was there watching the stands, he was tearing up too. They, if there's anything that UNC hates, it's Duke, and nobody would love to spoil this. They've never even met in the playoffs like this before, in March Madness like this before. So I mean, just all of that combined. I think I gotta go with UNC because it's almost easier to play the villain than it is to complete that, like fairy tale run. It's almost more pressure that comes with that and more like you know, when you just are like, Hmm, vengeance, I'm gonna you know? That's that's what I'm that's what
2: I'm feeling here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, when you really hate something, it makes you want to be even more.
2: But one you- of those oh, Well well everyone hates everyone hates Duke though, so I mean th- who who's the real Everyone villain?
0: hates UNC too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's two villains against two. It, it, they're both villains here. Pick your poison.
0: Well, David, to counterpoint you to a degree, you know, you say when you really hate someone, it just, like, brings out something in you. And, you know, the South Carolina Gamecocks really hate the Clemson Tigers, and yet we get 30-pieced and goose egg at our home field this year. So, I don't Hey, well, that just comes back because, to – That's because we're not a
2: good team. Both of these teams are good. So,
0: so That just
1: comes tangibles. back to the intangibles. Intangibles? Well, is you me something you obviously don't understand, as we were that, talking about
0: earlier intangibles is in like walking and walking and breathing is that what we're struggling with i mean it, just being like,
1: bigger and stronger and faster and better i'm
0: taking Spencer rattler over dj but that's another story that's another that's another story for another day anyway all right this is something i been waiting to talk about as soon as it happened i was itching to have to make a podcast about this itching just i was just scratching and it's the tyree kill trade okay for once, we can talk about some big news that isn't – not, we're not talking about because I'm, I'm Dolphins fans because it actually is big news. So, you know, David, I want to get your opinion real quick before because I know Mikey and, – and, and me and Mikey have had a very polite discussion about this and, you know, it's not like he makes good points, I make good points. If you look at this team, the, Dolphin, the Dolphins team, and, and all the ads they've added, okay? So we'll talk more specifically about Tyreek Hill in a second. But I really want your genuine, like, honest NFL opinion. You add Chase Edmonds. You add Raheem Moser. You add Cedric Wilson. You re sign Josecki. You still have Devontae Parker. You add Tyreek Hill. You have Jalen Waddle. On the defense, you have Xavier Howard. You re sign Agba. You have Christian Wilkins. You have, there's someone else on the D. Oh, Jalen Phillips. You have Byron Jones. You have all these weapons and you have all these. You look at that team and all the ads. Teddy Bridgewater's your backup. Added so many guys. Okay. Can you, can you rightly say that's a good team?
1: Okay, yes. That's a good team. Very good team. Do I think that if they had a position that's lacking, it would be the most important position on the field? Yes. And that's, I think, going to be their downfall. I think they have talent everywhere. It's going to be a matter of hitting them. And, you know, what I will say, if, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Tua and Teddy. I don't trust Tua near as much as as much Austin has enough to say about him for the both of us, though. But experiencing Teddy Bridgewater as my quarterback for the Panthers – He knows how to spread the ball around, and he has plenty of weapons to do it. You know, every single game, you know, you don't want these receivers in fantasy necessarily because Teddy's going to spread it out to all of them. He's not going to pepper one of them. So if there's anyone that can put it together, it might be him. I just don't know if he has the ability to make those big plays to come up in the clutch, which is what it really comes down to at the end of the day.
0: And and just to kind of like – your point is very valid. And with Tua, you know – I'm very harsh on him, as we all know. But I will also say, if you look at what he's had around him, it hasn't it has, been the best. This is the best team he's actually had surrounding him, and the, his two main targets fit him so well for for his games for his play style. First of all, I forgot to add, we added Armstead, one of the best left tackles, or one of the yeah, best. I, I was
2: going to say that
0: Armstead is one of the best tackles in the league. Honestly, Tua has really not had a good offensive line since he's been in Miami. He's had an average running back in Miles Gaskin. His he had a rookie as his number one target last year with Jalen Waddle. Devontae Parker's hit or miss. Jacecki is one of his best targets, but that's a tight end. He really hasn't had weapons around him. Now you're going to add – you still have Gaskin. You have Raheem Mostert now. You have Chase Edmonds. Now you have Cedric Wilson, who I think is going to have a great year now that he's in my I head.
1: love Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I will go on record here and say I love Chase Edmonds. If he can I, also really
2: I, I, I think Cedric Wilson is a uh, big pickup. I think he's very underrated.
0: I think Cedric Wilson's going to have a great year now that he's in, out of the shadow of all, all those receivers in, in Dallas. Um, Gisecki resigned. Devontae Parker's. Yeah, very
1: underrated Cedric Wilson. Very anytime he had a chance, he was shining on that. And now you oh, had top, so
0: look at that, look at that receiving core, just just off uh, right, not even counting the three running backs we have. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, uh Mike Giuseck, who's a great tight end, in my opinion, in the top ten, not in the top five, but top ten, Devontae Parker, and now Cedric Wilson. Those are some threats to have. That's the this is the most talented offense Tua's has had around him. And the two main guys, this is my overall point, the two main guys now. Are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? What's so special about those two? You don't necessarily – now. Tyreek Hill, don't not get me wrong, and I know Mikey's gonna bring this up. Do not get me wrong. Tyreek Hill's threat, down the, Tyreek Kill's threat down the field with, is massive. Like his ability to bomb, get, break somebody for sixty yards is, is huge. But also, Tyreek Kill does not need a lot of space to be explosive. A slant, he can take that to the house. A screen, yep. he can take that to the house. Then you add Jalen Waddle too. Our two main targets are guys that don't need a lot of space and don't need a lot of – don't need the big ball or big arm to make something happen. I'm not saying two is going to be a world beater, and I'm not saying we're going to do anything crazy this year. But I do think this team is finally ripe for a playoff berth. I do genuinely believe this team will make the playoffs with all these weapons around. I think that's fair to say. If
1: they don't, it'd be a crying shame.
2: Uh, No. uh, Okay, here's my thing. And it's actually – Your head is like
1: a solar eclipse,
2: man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's going to segue in, into our next topic someone to bring that up a little bit later. When I look at when I look at the Dolphins team, they are very complete all around, right? They they got some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. To David's point, they are lacking in the m- most important position on the field, but we haven't seen that much from Tua yet. They have a new hot, They have a new head coach who, who did well in San Francisco. And I think the Dolphins – I think he's going to bring in the 49ers offensive scheme to the Dolphins. I think they're going to use Tyreek Hill maybe like they used Debo. Uh, they used Debo in the backfield, and they used him, uh, obviously, <laughs> down at the middle <laughs> of water shooter. But here's, here's my issue. When you look at two and you compare him to other quarterbacks in the AFC, now really in the AFC, he, that is – even in his division against Josh Allen, it, it is very hard. It, they're losing two games against Josh Allen. They might win one, but they're losing two. They're probably, gonna lose one to, they're probably going to lose one to Bill Belichick because he, he's a great offensive coach, right? When you have Tua Tungvaluwa and you're having him play against Justin Herbert, um, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, all these, all these quarterbacks, and you could throw the defense basically away because the, the points are going to be scored with those types of QBs. Can Tua even with these weapons keep up with these quarterbacks? I'm not so sure. Right? That that is my biggest issue. It's not even the team itself. It's where they placed. They're placed in the AFC. If you take the Dolphins, you put them in the NFC. I think they're playoff contenders. Easy. I think they make the playoffs. But since they're in the AFC, I don't think it's going to happen this year, especially with the new offensive head coach, um, offensive-minded head coach. I mean, I think it's going to take a year. And I think Tua and Teddy Bridgewater. These are two quarterbacks who are injury-prone. They're very injury prone. Tua goes down. Teddy Bridgewater goes down. What happens if both of those guys go down? Okay. Right? So, that that's – these are my biggest issues with the Dolphins. And, you know, I love Chase Edmonds. I love that pickup. You still don't have a, a running back who I think can keep up with these running backs in the AFC as well, like Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, all these, all these types of running backs. Um, I do think it's a good pickup, but I think you need more of a bell cow running back than Chase Edmonds.
0: Well – so the Chase Edmonds point. That's why you do have a guys like we had a running back co- by committee for the longest, but they were very all like very average running backs. Now your running back by committee is Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and Miles Gaskin. That's a little bit really? better. That's that's a, I mean, none of them are world beaters, but I mean they're all three pretty solid backs to have.
2: I, I see a certain trend with with your Dolphins. You guys love to get players who get injured a lot. Chase Edmonds injured a lot. Raheem Mostert's missed the past two years. Injured a lot. Miles Gaskin's missed games. Tua, Taya Bridgewater, injured a lot. What is up with the Dolphins and picking players who can't stay healthy?
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily know. To, to your point, one, first of all, I just want to go back real quick because you said Belichick, we might split with Belichick. First of all, we swept the Patriots this year. Secondly, I will say also Tua outplayed Mac Jones in both those games. Secondly, the Bills, yes, more likely they are going to sweep us, but at the same time, I wouldn't just say that's like a lock-in pick. I mean, you, I, I don't know. NFL regular season is a little different than the playoffs. I get your point. I think Tua is going to have to play really good for it to, to happen. But I do genuinely, I mean, because we're not, we've talked about the offense a lot. And we haven't talked about the defense. That's a very, we have a very good defense, especially our defensive line. That pass rush is very, very good. I just think his team is primed for a playoff berth. Now, a wild card spot. That's what I'm hoping for. Now, the main point of this, though, we talk, I think we got, I, it's my fault. We talked too much about the Dolphins as a whole. Now let's talk just Tyreek Hill because that's the, that's the big news. Did you like the trade, Mikey? Uh,
2: I like that you guys got Tyreek Hill, but I'm not a huge believer in signing a wide receiver for that much amount of money. I'm not. Um, I think wide receivers, especially in today's league, I mean, we've seen already the combine. We've seen like four to like seven players run sub, sub four threes, right? So there's, there's fast guys out there. Um, I think money-wise, I didn't like it. As a playmaker, I love it. But what happens if Tyreek Hill and Tua don't work? Then you're stuck with Tyreek Hill and you're stuck with that cap space. Um, I think I think he's going to be a great player, but I don't think Tyreek Hill is going is going to be the guy that takes you into the playoffs. I think –
1: Someone has to get him the ball. That's what exactly, it comes
2: down to. That, that's what I'm saying is I think your money could have been spent in other areas.
1: On any of the quarterbacks in free agency this offseason.
2: I mean, you guys got Teddy Bridgewater. I would have maybe, maybe taken a chance on Marcus Mariota or, or, or a guy like that somewhere, or maybe that Matt Ryan. You could have held out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would have rather Matt Ryan over Tua. No, um, yeah. I, would take,
1: I would take Teddy Bridgewater over those guys.
2: No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Teddy Bridgewater is very limited. Going back to Tyreek Hill, I love that you guys have got him because he is a playmaker and he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. But I don't like the money you guys signed him to. to Austin's
1: point, they can throw him in the backfield like like they did with Debo. You never know. And and I don't know. I mean, Tyreek Kill is electric. He's gonna he's not just gonna catch the ball over the top. He's gonna run a curl route and then take it to the house just because he literally catches the ball, takes like hops like two yards back, looks around, figures out where everyone is, and just runs away from them and yeah. gets away with it somehow.
0: And the thing with Tyreek Kill, you know. The reason I think he could te- get us to a playoff spot, at least, like I said, I'm not saying Dolphins are going to be for an AFC championship or anything crazy. The reason I think that he can get us to a playoff spot, you like I went back to previous episodes, and this is a while back, and you guys were both there, so you might remember this. I said I think Tyreek Hill is one of the best receivers, maybe the best receiver in football, purely because his ability to create an explosive play with nothing and his ability to just have a little bit of space and, and make it something. That's one thing. You get you get Tyreek on a slant, dude. I'm telling you, that's the, one of the only receivers in football that I know. He catches a slant, and you genuinely are thinking it's a touchdown. It's one of those few guys he gets the ball in space. You don't really know the 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 scheme that first of all Mike McDaniel is going to have to utilize Tyreek Hill is going to be huge because the, they yeah. used to. The yeah, scheme, no. scheme is not going is going to be around Tyreek Hill. Okay, that's that's just a fact. And the way defenses are going to have to to scheme around him. I think that puts the Dolphins at a whole other level. I think the Chiefs – the Chiefs are still a great team and a great offense, and they're going to be contenders no matter what. But they did take a hit because teams are really – you you think about Kelsey and you think about Mahomes, teams are really having to scheme around Tyreek Hill and his ability. Yeah,
2: no, that, I mean that's what I'm saying. I, that's what I'm saying. I love him as a playmaker. I think he's a great pickup for the team. I think it's the Steelers organization embedded in me that we don't pay for – we don't pay a lot of money to big, skill position players. Like, we're going to pay for players on the defensive side, offensive lineman, quarterback. But when it comes to wide receiver and running backs, they're so interchangeable and their lifespans are not as long as, defense, uh, as like an edge rusher or offensive lineman. I'd rather spend my money somewhere else-wise, you know what I mean? Um, like Antonio Brown, when we signed Antonio Brown, we signed him to a big deal, but it wasn't anything crazy. We didn't even sign Le'Veon Bell, and we saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell. Um, my thing is I'm not a big believer in signing wide receivers or running backs to huge deals, and that was a huge deal, With $120 million, I think 78 of that was guaranteed over four years. I think you could have got him for cheaper. I don't know. But he is a playmaker, and he's going to be great for your team. But the money-wise, the money, money it's, just, it's just not for me.
0: All right, well, we have one more topic um, to go over, and David doesn't even know what this is.
2: Oh, this is gonna be. Yeah, I'm very interested to see David's take. This is and, gonna be
0: a great debate gonna... his
2: is off script. Like I've thought about it because me and Austin have talked. We talked about it like a couple days ago, and yeah. I, I I know like what my list is, and David's gonna have to think about it. And there's two guys that I think David. There's three guys I know David's gonna put in the top three.
0: Well, this lucky is not the list. Four. Just for for purposes because we've been going for a while. This one isn't the list. We're gonna get to the list,
2: but this is about those two guys. Oh, we're going to argue about those two guys first? Yes. Oh, okay. That's even better. So those two guys,
0: before we preface this, I'll tell you the two guys, and I read an article, Mikey, that I think you'll, you'll you'll like and you'll be interested in by Pro Football Focus. Now, I'm not a big fan of Pro Football Focus, but they did. This wasn't about the stats or anything. This was just about they asked experts. They asked guys in front offices and assistant coaches and coaches and stuff like that. Um but the two guys, David, that we are debating over, me and Mikey had a very civil debate, actually. It was like an hour-long phone call. We talked about this. It was not planned at all. We were like, we gotta get this on the podcast. It is between who you would rather have right now, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. Now, it's very difficult. Now I'm gonna, before before we, we start debating, I, w- I wanna just go over the article real quickly because they both some good points for both for both. Mm. So when Pro Football Focus, they said they asked a, a bunch of different people in front offices, NFL front offices, and, and, co- and like I said, assistant coaches, and almost 90% of them said Joe Burrow because they just believe – his ability as a winner. That was their thing. They, they picked Joe Burrow because of his ability to win, nothing else. They, they were like, you know, all and these are front office guys. These are NFL front office guys. They were saying Joe Burrow because they believe he can – in any circumstance, they see him going to the Super Bowl numerous times just because of who he is and how much a winner he is. The ten percent argued they would take Justin Herbert not because necessarily he's a winner or his mentality, but because of the tools in his toolbox. So, I personally said Joe Burrow. Mikey personally said Justin Herbert, and we're both going to argue that one. And but it was a very civil argument, and it's not nothing crazy. But David, I want to get yours because I know this is a very interesting debate. I mean, because I, you could you could take this. Oh. One.
1: You know, I love Justin Herbert.
0: Uh oh.
1: You know, I love Justin Herbert.
0: Uh, We know. We know.
1: (laughs) Justin Herbert is my favorite player in the NFL. With that being said, I think I have to go with Joe Burrow on this. You're killing me, Smalls. And and the only reason is because. ah, I don't know. (laughs)
0: I was going to say
1: because of what Austin just said, but I hear myself say that, and I then I start thinking about Justin
2: Herbert and just watching the throws that he makes,
0: and and I think about Justin Herbert and he's just so cute. David, David,
2: let me make my argument because I think I could persuade you on my side. Well, hold on, I'm on the fence here. How was that? Exactly. So, so, no, Austin, no, 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 no. Because you just argued your point. Your point oh,
0: against I did. David. I gave both points. I said that they said he's a winner, but then they also had the tools in Justin Herbert's toolbox.
2: I did not argue my yeah. point at all. Okay, there, okay, there's one more point I got to get to. I'll put on Justin Herbert's side then so then David can hear both sides and then make you speak because he, he loves these two guys. So he needs a little bit of help. <laughs> you're not helping. You're just helping your point. You're not helping both. David, guys. David. David I'm, I'm, not, I'm, saying, saying, I'm not You sh- asshole. do some saint. Sh- shut shut up. Shut up, will you? David, right here. Right here. Me and you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to throw all the stats away. Joe Burrow this year won, right? He was a winner. Right. That's the thing. It's he this year, winner. though. It's only this year, though. Exactly. It's only this year. Joe Burrow's had the same head coach for, the two, for his first two years, right? He's had Zach Taylor. He, he had all his weapons around him. Look at Justin Herbert. That's what I was about to say. He's been with the Two head coaches. coaches in his first two years put up unbelievable stats. Not going to put them out there. Has had two head coaches, and we've seen the decisions that these head coaches have made to lose them games. That's not on Herbert; it's on their no, coaches. No, I, imagine I, Herbert with on on the bench. No, and that's
1: that's what I was thinking about. And no, no, no I, he basically said what I was about to say, anyways. Um, it's really hard for me because you see what just you see what Joe Burrow did this year. He took a Cincinnati Bengals team that was not a very good team. Very far. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to make the Super Bowl. Came up a little bit, or win the Super Bowl. Came up a little bit short. Justin Herbert hasn't done that. He hasn't, and that was only Joe Burrow's second year. But you know what Justin Herbert has done is break a lot of records for a second year quarterback. A lot of records, and I just see the way he carries himself. He's very mild-mannered. He's very, but they both—they both have these things. I think this year, like Mike said, Joe Burrow had the better season. But I think, right? Well, but yeah, bad. and I also think to to your point, Mike, the Chargers are one, they, and the Chargers were one win away from making their own playoff run. They that's beat true. the Raiders in that last game. They're they're in the same boat as the Bengals or the or the Bengals. Might not have even made it. Who was the last seed? Was it the Bengals? No, it was
2: the, it was the Raiders were the last seed. It was, it was oh it was, no, Steelers. It, it was the Steelers because the Raiders. Were yeah.
1: Okay. No. Yeah. I forgot the Bengals were on a tear there. They were like eleven and five, right? Or yeah. 11, they, they got whatever. hot like really late. Yeah. Forgot about that. They were on a tear. Um. God, I don't know. It's really hard. I love Justin Herbert, so I think I gotta I gotta lean towards Jay Herbo, but just because that's my boy. Um, but you know, if there was, like I said, I would put Joe Burrow on my banana boat just because of (laughs) the amount of swag, but Justin Herbert, I just, I don't know something about him just makes me feel a certain type of way.
0: Now I want to (laughs) argue, I want to argue just he, you know, I I get, if you want to go in terms of just intangibles, yes, Justin Herbert has more arm strength. What, what, what it may be.
1: But look at what he's done. Look at what he's done. He look
0: at what he, Joe Burrow's done is like like at the same time in
1: one season. You can,
0: argue, you can argue the intangibles, you can argue the things that, that Justin Herbert has over Joe Burrow in terms of skill set. But Joe Burrow has been able
2: to accomplish more. And that's why in, I, I in take one year, Austin, And if you were arguing if you were arguing Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow's been to four Super Bowls and Justin Herbert's been to one, I'd say, yeah, I'm picking Joe Burrow because he's winning more. And I don't care about Justin Herbert's arm and his talent. But it's been one year. If, if he Justin
1: Herbert a- doesn't do anything this year with the team that he's going to have around him, then that one, I'll say it's a
2: different story. But I'll also, but, also me, say to this no, point.
0: I, let me argue. Go, so okay, you, go ahead. You said your point. Joe Burrow – first of all, Justin Herbert's had a better defense, okay? The Bengals' defense was atrocious. Justin Burrows had a better – yes, Justin Burroughs definitely had a better defense. Justin Herbert. Has had a much better defense.
1: He even had so, Derwin James two years ago, and the rest of that defense wasn't much. They had like, like Melvin Ingram really and Joey Bosa. Bosa. And Joey Bosa's yeah. been out a lot too.
0: It's still a better defense than the Bengals. It's, that, that's a fact. Then, receiving court, yes, he had Jamar Chase this year, but –
1: And T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd
0: and Tyler Boyd. Well, you have you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams. I mean, and then you have you have you you your running backs. I think Austin Eckler's better than Joe Mixon, but you could even cross those two out. Offenses are very similar. I will say the Chargers' offensive line is better than the Bengals' offensive line, but and 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 I think they've had a better defense. You go
1: Anthony Lynn.
0: You go what's around them?
1: Stupidest coach of all time.
0: Go around them. They're very even, like in terms of what's around them. Joe Burrow and you say this year Well, we're talking we're talking like if I have to make my opinion on what I've seen so far I take Joe Burrow because he took them to the Super Bowl man and no, then no. Uh, argument you made last time Mikey was the division he's in
2: thank you can, okay? I, can I speak to the division can I speak to the division this year please because I know you're gonna I know you're gonna say it well then let me say what I gotta say then if you know no, I'm you're not you're what not gonna, gonna, gonna add in thing. you're not gonna add in these parts you're not going you're not gonna add in the part I want to get to.
0: No, Mikey, it, I get it. It's it, it, very, very valid. I haven't even got to say my points, but go, right on. Ahead.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Because you're not going to bring up this key part. You want to talk. You want to talk about the divisions. You have Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger. Those three quarterbacks didn't do anything this year. Lamar Jackson was hurt for half the season. The Bengals beat them with Tyler Huntley in. Baker Mayfield was hurt the whole entire season with the torn labrum. And he so didn't play. Cream Hunt and, and, and he did not play well either. Ben Roethlisberger was in mobile and couldn't move. They beat us. Now look at who Justin Herbert had to play. Patrick Mahomes twice, Derek Carr twice, and a very good Broncos team twice. How is that fair to compare Joe Burrow winning, having more wins than Justin Herbert, when Justin Herbert has played two, two top ten top ten players? You, you see Carr Justin Har- Herbert.
1: Justin Hall- Herbert. Yeah, you see Justin Herbert in the playoffs it could have very easily done the same thing.
0: I oh, think, I cannot wait. yeah, I cannot wait. Okay, so, so my I thing is, you're, you're, you're going off
2: these wins, but he's had an easier schedule than Justin Herbert. No,
0: sir. Okay, so now I was, I was hoping I, I didn't think you were gonna take it that way. I'm glad you took it that way because that just made my point even easier. Justin Burrow, I mean Justin Burrow, <laughs> Joe Burrow, beat the Chiefs in in Joe and and Justin Herbert's just unbelievable division. Beat the Chiefs twice in Arrowhead. Two times he beat them in Arrowhead. Then yes, right. won the first round of the playoffs against the Raiders, another team in this division, okay? Another team in Justin Herbert's division. Joe Burrow might have a better record against those teams this year than Justin Herbert did, okay? That is like Justin – God, their names are too close. The Jays are really messing me up. But Joe Burrow beat the Chiefs twice in Arrowhead, the best team in that division. And then the team that beat the Chargers – to go to the playoffs over the Chargers, Joe Burrow beat them in the first round of the playoffs.
2: Yeah, you're right, and and here's my argument for that. I'm gonna to go to David because I want I don't want to hear David's opinion. David, would you say you look at the NFC South for example? When when let's say when the Bucks play the Panthers, it should it, they usually kill them, right? So let's throw hmm. Tom Brady out there because it's not a good example. When the Saints usually play the Panthers, usually a good game, right? Whether yeah, you never Panthers, you never really know whether the Panthers are ten times better or the Saints are 10 times better because why? It's a rival game, right? Mm -hmm. They play each other all the time. Those games, those games, it doesn't, and I can attest Steelers versus Ravens, it doesn't matter who's better. It's a rivalry game. It does not matter who's better because it's going to be a close game. We lost to a dog
1: shit. We lost to a dog shit Falcons team the year we should have gone undefeated because Julio Jones put
2: 300 on our heads. Yes. So I get they, they did beat the Chiefs. And, and I attested that Joe Burrow had a great game. And they caught heat. They caught heat at the very right moment. During the back half of the season, they started to get really, really hot. Really hot. And they, they carried that into the playoffs. But when you compare the strength of schedules, and they did beat the Chiefs, and they did beat the Raiders, but it's not it, – in Justin Herbert's division, those are huge games – that you're playing the whole entire regular season, you just don't have to beat them once. You got to play them twice. Got to play each game. You got to play each team twice. It is a lot harder to beat those teams in that division than it is to play outside a division and beat them.
0: So hold on, let me. I'm gonna look up. Justin I Herbert. I see
2: both
1: sides. I I vote.
0: The biggest. I vote er-
1: Jay Herbo because it's Jay
2: Herbo.
0: <laughs> and I figured I was gonna be the minority here, but you know.
2: And I haven't even got to what Justin Herbert does yet. So go ahead, and then I'm going to get to what Justin Herbert does that Joe Burrow doesn't do. So go ahead.
0: Uh, make it to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Like, like if we're what, – what do you mean?
2: I mean okay, like, let, me, like, let me read You you, you, you
0: Your biggest argument and, – and, and I'm going to calm down because we, we were civil before, and this argument was way better, so I'm going to calm down. Your biggest argument before, Mikey, was his, his arm strength. He's, a, he's more mobile. He does this yeah. he does that. Okay. Joe, okay. Joe Burrow has, doesn't have that. Apparently, according to you, he doesn't have that to Justin Herbert. But look at what oh. he's done. Look at what he has done. What Justin Herbert has? Justin Herbert made the playoffs yet?
2: Okay. No. no he hasn't. You can't but-
0: Use that as your only crutch. You have to have at some point. You got to be like, okay, what's the guy that <laughs> even if he has less of everything than Justin Herbert,
2: he's still able to get it done. It's been one year. You can't say he's able to get it done because it's one year. Joe Flacco made years? a freaking Super Bowl. Joe Flacco made a done. Super Bowl. Time out. Time out. Was his arm if that stronger last year? his arm last year? Only argument. If that is your only argument, is Joe Flacco better than Justin Herbert because he made a Super Bowl? Don't,
1: don't don't put the wins and losses on Justin Herbert with That's the what coach. That's what I'm team. saying. If you watch them play, they, have the but, but, games, but, they had
0: the most games. They
1: had. They had the most games decided by less than by seven points or less.
0: That's fine. And
1: that is not on Justin Herbert. He was That's putting coaching. up. He has been putting up record numbers. That's coaching. It's not quarterback play. It's coaching. And it's defense. And don't say the Chargers had a really good defense because they didn't.
0: They had a better defense than the fucking Bengals.
1: Okay. And,
0: and the thing is, <laughs> my, my argument is. You, okay, Maybe, so not, but, not, not, but not, know, out, not see, without Melvin answer. Ingram, Joey Bosa, and Derwin James. I'm not blaming it on Justin Herbert. I'm not. And I, I'm not sitting here saying Justin Herbert sucks or Justin Herbert's this and that. I'm not blaming this on Justin Herbert. I'm saying if we're picking who we want, I think Joe Burrow I'm, – I'm putting more of, more of this on Joe Burrow less than, and less than Justin Herbert. In fact, that Joe Burrow gets it done. Okay? Joe Burrow always – Finds a way. He's done it. He did it in college, and he's doing it now. He finds a way. And the thing is, and this is what me and Mikey ended up concluding. Also,
1: two years ago, Austin Eckler was injured
2: the entire season.
0: Okay, Joe, Joe Mixon was too. Joe Mixon was out for a big portion of that season.
2: Yeah, Joe, Joe Mixon was for – and then, honestly, Joe Burrow went down with his ACL and MCL, but he was not having a good season his rookie year. And Jamar yeah.
0: Chase was not – It wasn't bad, but it was not good. Jamar Chase wasn't there. But that's that's, that's not even – that's,
2: that's not here or there. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, me and Mikey end up concluding because this is what this is how we conclude our argument because we both made very good points and we both. I looked. I, I remember yeah, I'm on the phone, with Mikey. I was like, you know what? Everything you're saying is right, and he agreed that most things I was saying were correct. It depends on what you look at. Okay. So if you look at if you're if you when you're picking your quarterback, you're like, okay, I want the skill set. I want this. I want that. I want all these things that all the skill set type of things then you're picking Justin Herbert. But if you're someone who you're like, okay, who is a winner, who is a proven winner, and, and, and who you want from, like, a, just a mentality standpoint, it's Joe Burrow. So I, I, so we came to the conclusion that, for me, it was like, you know what, i got to take Joe Burrow because that's how I think about it. That's how I want to pick my quarterback. Mikey is always – Mikey, and this is not even about this debate, Mikey has always been big on intangibles, big on their skill set. I mean, you take that back to any argument we make about quarterbacks, Mikey's always talking about what they have as, as a player and as a skill set. That's just how Mikey evaluates things. So Mikey, I Mike, said yes. Mikey, in the way you evaluate things, at least right now, at least right now, in the way you evaluate things, you are correct. And at least, like yet again, right now, in the way I evaluate things, I'm correct. And that's what we that's how we concluded our argument. Now, a year, two years from now, whatever it may be, you know, Justin Herbert's still probably gonna have a better arm strength or or and all these better, more mobility, whatever it may be. And if he continues to win, then yeah. But if I have to look at it right now and what I've seen, I have to take Joe Burrow. If I, by the way I evaluate quarterbacks, because he did take them to a Super Bowl. I mean, this Banger's team two years ago won two games, so okay. I have to take Joe Burrow for what I argue. But my, what Mikey is saying and what you are saying, David, is not incorrect either. I no, don't say.
1: Think, I don't think you can say Justin Herbert doesn't have the mental that yeah. Joe Burrow does because. If you listen to the way his teammates talk about him and you watch the way he carries himself, he is the epitome of a leader he will he will put his teammates before him so I remember watching a post game in the locker room. Justin Herbert gets handed a game ball. The entire team is yelling speech, and he's like, "Good job, everyone. Bring it in like he doesn't want he doesn't want it's not all about him. He's and he's gonna go out there. He's gonna be cool. He's gonna he's gonna be calm. He's gonna get it done. It just comes down to coaching and and the pieces around him. And I mean, we'll see this year, like you said. But I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't have the
2: mentality. Saying, no, I didn't say. I mean,
0: wait, wait, wait. I, I want to clear that up. I didn't say Justin Herbert didn't have it. I'm saying if I'm choosing right now, I have to choose Joe Burrow based on how I evaluate because he did get them there. No matter what what you say about him as a player. He did get them there. So it's hard for me to pick a quarterback that hasn't made the playoffs and pick a guy who, yeah, he made the playoffs for the first time this year, but they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So for the way I evaluate quarterbacks, it's hard for me to choose against that guy. I can't pick a guy who hasn't made the playoffs yet. But with what you guys are saying, you're also valid. I mean, I I think it just goes on how you look at it. That Me and Mikey were going for an hour, and most of it was because we were arguing, like the way I look at it and the way he looks at it, we were arguing in completely different ways. Does that make sense?
1: yeah i just think long term
2: justin herbert has both and joe burrow has one here's here's my thing what does justin herbert not have that joe burrow has joe Burrow has been to a super bowl but it's, it's been one year you you cannot base your whole theory that oh well joe burrow's been to a super bowl i that's why i'm taking him over justin herbert you can't you can't do that because right? it's if they've been in the league for five, yes, yes, eight years, I can be like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, he has. He's a winner. But my thing is it's been two years for the both of them. You, you can't do that. It's very They've had different situations with different head coaches. My thing is, Austin – and I, David, listen to this because I, I asked Austin this. How many quarterbacks besides Tom Brady, besides Tom Brady, has won a Super Bowl that doesn't have a huge arm, is not very mobile – Um. And it, it can't make – he can make explosive plays down the field, but do, can't, doesn't have that really, like, explosive arm to make big plays. How, mm-hmm. many, how many quarters besides Tom Brady? Drew Brees. Drew Brees. He's very, he's very pinpoint accurate. Besides Drew Brees, like, I'm looking at quarterbacks like Dan Marino. Yeah. Eli um, Eli ben Roethlisberger. Eli Manning. Eli Manning and I, he, you brought up – I like that you brought up Eli Manning. Eli Manning was very clutch in the playoffs. He was not very good in the regular season. When they got in, he was very clutch, but in the regular season, he wasn't very, he wasn't very good. That's why I think, his, I think he has one more loss than win in the regular season, right? Brett Farr, very explosive guy. I mean, there's more quarterbacks who have the intangibles of Justin Herbert that have won Super Bowls than guys like Tom Brady. Who may, and Tom Brady has a better arm than Joe Burrow. Even right now, I still think Tom Brady is a better arm than Joe Burrow. There's not many guys like Joe Burrow who aren't that mobile and doesn't have that big of an arm that win Super Bowls. And Drew has only won one Super Bowl. See, uh, I don't know.
1: I don't know if I uh, – I, I, but I think Joe Burrow's got it. Like, he's got it. Like, he's got he's got that Deshaun factor. Because, like,
0: Mikey, it, the way you're saying it – I, I
1: see both sides. I Mikey, see both the way, sides.
0: The way you're describing Joe Burrow, and this is where I got irritated, was like, well, first of all, before I make that point, you said it, it's only been two years. Well, I got to pick based on what I've seen. You know what I'm saying? I have to pick based on what I've seen. And I would much rather pick the guy who has proven to continually – to, to make his team better. They won two games the year he got there. They in the Super Bowl. I'm pick,
2: but I'm picking the what guy who
0: – And I'm not saying you're wrong in the way you pick, but I'm looking at Joe Burrow. The year he got there, like the year he got drafted, they won two games. Two years later, they're in the Super Bowl. So in two years, why would I not take the guy who brought his team to the Super Bowl? But then also, the, way, the problem with it, the way you break down people is you were breaking it down Okay, in that sense, what does Joe Burrow have at all? Does Joe Burrow just suck? I mean no, –
2: like, Joe, 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 Joe Burrow is very accurate as a passer. His accuracy is phenomenal. He has a decent arm. He can push the ball downfield, and he's very smart. Those two those things are huge, are huge. and, he's, a, and he's, a, he's, he's been a winner in college. He's been a winner now. Justin Herbert's been a winner too. So he has these things that can make him a successful quarterback. Tom Brady wasn't mobile. didn't have a strong arm. Look at Tom Brady. He's very smart.
1: Now, to, to, Austin's point, to Austin's point, Joe Burrow, like this is kind of going against something I said earlier, the Chargers have lost the majority of their games by less than seven. But you could argue that if you had Joe Burrow in those games, it would have been a different outcome.
2: No, I think if you put Joe Burrow against that – rate, if you really watch the Raiders-Chargers game, the last game, that was the, the deciding factor – if the Steelers made it or if the Chargers made it or if the Raiders made it. If you put Joe Burrow in there, I do not think you win that. Or, I, I also mean, think no, that it mean, has I mean, a lot to do with because. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Justin Herbert, I remember watching a fourth and 15, threw the ball forty, probably 35, 40 yards, into the end zone in a tiny window to put him in OT. Joe Burrow cannot do that. I don't care what you tell me. Off his back foot throwing the ball 40 yards, between two defenders into a small pocket, Joe Burrow cannot do that. Honestly, I
1: agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. If you just watch Justin Herbert play, it's yeah. I, I haven't seen it. It's, it.
2: it's the it's the eyeball test. It just tells me that Justin Herbert is miles ahead in intangibles than Joe Burrow is. And it, it's just that simple. And Justin Herbert oh, no. is accurate. I mean, look at his stats this year compared to Joe Burrow's.
0: Miles ahead
2: in intangibles, when, yes.
0: When we talk about Joe Burrow. And especially when we did this, because that was my problem. We had the argument before. You just talk about Joe Burrow like he's chump change. You talk about Joe Burrow like he's, he's not chump change. But to, David has actually made it very reasonable to where it's like you know I see Joe Burrow is the real deal. Mikey, you've talked about Joe Burrow like he's nothing. Like, I just don't think I just I just think different. Justin Herbert is is. I have even is, said that I think Justin insane. Herbert is way better intangible wise. I think Joe Burrow, I not Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. I'm not going to talk down Justin Herbert. We can't sit there and act like Joe Burrow's just some Joe Smo, Like, he's just nothing. Like, Joe Burrow is the real deal, man. Like, the end of the day, he is the real deal. And just, and just saying that Justin Herbert's better than him, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. I, like I said a minute ago, like, what are we – is Joe Burrow just average? The way we talk. No, what I'm, we, not, I'm like, not saying
2: I'm he's average. average. But when I compare him to Justin Herbert, the eyeball test tells me that Justin Herbert is, is better than Joe Burrow. I mean, Jay Herbert threw for 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and in a – QBR at sixty five point six. Joe Burrow was four thousand six hundred thirty four touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, and a QBR of fifty four point three.
0: I mean, I mean, not just, a passing. It's not too. It's
2: not too no, hard. they both had great stats, but when I'm I'm looking at Justin Herbert, I'm looking at his stats. I mean, it's just these these are insane numbers to put up in your second year. And so is Joe Burrow's. Don't get me wrong, but I, I can't go against Justin Herbert. The eyeball test tells me that he's going to be a top five QB. Um, till, and you could
1: also now. argue Joe Burrow was leaning very heavily on Jamar Chase.
0: Okay, but wait Keenan
1: Allen was also hurt for a couple games. So Keenan is Allen is not Jamar Chase. Okay, ooh, ooh,
2: ooh, especially yeah, at this fun. point in his career. Right. We're not
0: going to get to that.
2: In this point out. in his career, yes,
0: we're not. Gonna get Jamar that Chase
2: is better than Keenan Allen was in the first two years.
0: Keenan Allen's pretty freaking good, but also
2: no, Keenan Allen's a dog. Wait, but he's he's, he's also injury prone. Joe
0: Burrow's leaning heavily on Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase is a great talent. Don't get me wrong, but, I mean, Joe Burrow's I – mean,
2: Joe Burrow said himself. He said, have you guys seen the mean effort? Jamar Chase is down there somewhere.
0: <laughs> I think this argument will – at the end of the day, get nowhere. Right. And I right. think it's going to be – you could argue uh, so many different ways, and I think it's a great debate. It's one of the best debates, I think, <sighs> that you could have right now in, in, in current, the NFL, in, in, in the NFL currently. Is arguing those two because there's so many different ways you can argue. I think it's just honestly it depends on what you look at. I know just me personally, I just look at what I've seen so far. You guys are looking a lo- long term, and you're looking at what you. I, I think it's just how we look, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them. I think both points are val- valid. I don't, Mike. I think every point you made is right. Dave, I think you made points for both. I think my points are right, obviously. So, I think it's, I think it just depends on on who you are. And, and how
1: I think are. I like cheeseburgers.
0: <laughs> I think that's in the podcast. Um. So, yeah, that was a fun one. That was a good one. I'm sorry I've been a little long, everybody, but great, great debate. So we had debates all throughout this one. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, what's up? Uh, if you want to listen to us on, on any previous episodes, uh, you can find us on all your major streaming platforms, such as uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to follow us on social media, which I highly recommend because we're posting pretty regularly on social media accounts, um, we're at That Damn Sports Podcast D-A-M, on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, And, yeah, if you aren't on YouTube yet, go to YouTube, look up That Dance Sports Podcast, give us a sub, turn on your post notifications, and uh, you'll see—you get to see our beautiful faces every time we post an episode. So, that wraps it up for episode 18. It was a great one. Mike and David, appreciate y'all for jumping on, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to That Dance Sports Podcast. Peace. (laughs)